Hi everyone, Pamela Log here, your host of the Energy Transitions podcast. If you enjoy listening to our bi-weekly podcast, make sure to hit the subscribe button and take a moment to leave a rating or review wherever you're listening. This will help us spread the message and connect with our community. Thanks again for listening to the Energy Transitions podcast from Inlet and Friends. In this episode of the Energy Transitions podcast series, my colleague Jonathan Spencer-Jones speaks with Dr. Judith Wunchek, Chief Cybersecurity Officer at Siemens Energy, on all things cybersecurity and what it means for the digital transformation of the energy industry. My name is Pamela Log, and you're listening to the Energy Transitions podcast. This episode is brought to you by Siemens Energy one of the world's leading energy technology companies, backed by comprehensive expertise and many years of experience. With over 92,000 employees worldwide, the company is dedicated to meeting the growing energy demand while ensuring our climate is protected. Through innovative technology and expert services, Siemens Energy is committed to making sustainable, reliable and affordable energy possible. Judith, welcome. Would you like to start by talking briefly about your background? Yeah, thanks, uh, Jonathan. So first of all, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure uh, to help on this very specific topic, cybersecurity. So my name is Judith Wunschik, um, and since 2019, I'm heading the global cybersecurity team here at Siemens Energy. Uh, Siemens Energy, one of the world's leading energy technology companies, from a responsibility perspective, so uh, cybersecurity you will find a lot of flavors around the globe, but my responsibility at Siemens Energy includes information security, information security operations, supply chain security from a cyber perspective, and industrial cybersecurity for all our products and solutions, so in a nutshell. Um, in other words, uh, my colleagues in my organization are working day by day to secure the company and to bring the value to our customers. Before I joined Siemens Energy, I worked in the European banking sector, also as a chief information security officer. And before that, uh, I did my PhD in physics. So coming out of complex thinking, coming back to a complex world, maybe. (laughs) I was going to ask you, so what, what attracted you to the energy sector from the financial sector then? <laughs> yeah, um, from a purpose perspective, and today a lot of people are talking about purpose, but uh, sustainable, affordable and reliable energy is really at the heart of our societies. So especially in Western countries, we are feeling this uh, for some years now, and especially last year with the war in, in Ukraine. And cybersecurity plays a crucial role in designing these energy systems yeah, and, and guaranteeing these supply um, personally, uh, I felt very attracted from coming from a digital product, now real seeing products I can touch, so turbines, generators, hydrolyzers, so that's, that's a different uh, ecosystem. But 
in the end, from a point-to-point approach uh, to keeping eye on these very important critical infrastructures, that's really attracted me. So when you look now at the financial sector coming from a payments perspective, payment streams around the globe are in somehow comparable. Yeah, when you look at systems, when you look at vendors, when you look at how you're dealing with with the topic in the core infrastructure, and there's also cybersecurity is key, but uh, in, in a different ecosystem, a much more mature ecosystem coming from 100 and 150 years of dealing with money that's different than dealing with energy. And that's really interesting for me to find the transition in that way, how to use same processes on both sides. Are there any cybersecurity differences and similarities between the financial and energy sectors? Yeah, and that's an awesome question. Thanks for that. So the banking, as I said, has been working on the topic of security and cybersecurity in a much longer history than maybe a manufacturing industry or an energy industry. This results, among other things, um, from a business model perspective in, in securing payment streams. So 100 years ago, this was a classical physical safe that secured customers' valuables. The more digital the platforms are now coming to life, the more prudent one has had to be in this environment. When you look at the energy environment, you just have different framework conditions to say so. So, for example, uh, maybe a power plant cannot import new software every day in a new deployment. Um, That's simply because how the system is set up. Yeah, You have an availability a guarantee to say so for this power plant, so you have to use different processes uh, to bring software to a plant. Major challenge in that way is that all hardware has sometimes been in use in the field for 20 to 30 years, also in, in this energy system. So we have a lot of legacy systems. We have a lot of very new digital components on it. So it's always a balance between the level of security and the level what you want to achieve. So you're using different uh, protection concepts in both worlds. Nevertheless, in the end, it's about a security of information, about a security process for securing data and information and assets. And these processes with very clear procedures to protect information, these can be transferred. So you can look at an IT digital process as well as an OT digital process, we call it as well as on a PLC level for securing data transfers within a plant. These processes you can transfer and then you also have a holistic view at your whole landscape of threats and attackers. What does cyber mean for the digital transformation of the energy industry? First of all, uh, cyber is an imperative for every digital process. So also when we talk about digital transformations, so a digital process without security is maybe not a process we want to have uh, in all industries and in private life as well as in business life. So uh, what we see from the digital transformation for this industry is that we have a massive increase in the complexity of our energy system. So we are going to more and more decentralized setups. With these decentralized setups, we have a huge quantity of new components as well as of new business components itself from a, um, yeah, from a product perspective. So everything that makes use of a communication infrastructure is susceptible to be infiltrated from the outside. 
So the more you connect each system or the more connectivity you have around the world, um, the more entry points you might have also for misuse. For example, with all the digitalization of the grid, with the transformer substations, with connection of local substations, with switch gears you have might have in your digital realm, the more significantly you have to look at these digitized components and maybe you also have entry points where damage can be caused and you have to secure these holistically across all ecosystems and across borders. How has the threat landscape evolved in recent years and, and, and particularly more recently with COVID and the Ukraine invasion, which are sort of almost defining a new normal? Yeah, and that's a, that's a good one. Um, a new normal for all people. Maybe not a new normal for cybersecurity people, and and let me let me differentiate on that. So, from a threat level for critical infrastructure, it has always been high, and it will remain high. And there is for a long time already the need to be well prepared for defense from uh, energy generation and grid technology perspective, as well as from a supplier perspective. For us and our customers to say so the situation hasn't changed much, I would say. The new normal um, is coming more or less from the demand how um, threats are driven. So what we see is a new or intensified global state-driven hacktivism um, in the sense that political targets and uncertainty in the population is intended instead of um, so monetary motives, to say so. In the past, we were able to much better differentiate between the different hackers uh, which tried to uh, cause reputational damage, which, which tried to pull money out of the company, or which tried to just uh, be a little bit hacktivistically around and, and causing uh, some noise. As of today, we see a much more blurry situation from that point of view. What also has changed is the political view on cyber and the high media attention. So cybersecurity these days much more present for broader public. And this has for sure to do with it coming closer to the people, maybe with this war. Yeah. But it's certainly also reflected in the many headlines you see and the ransomware attacks, which become more and more public. People are speaking more about this. So uh, that's very welcome to be quite honest, to be transparent, what can happen in our ecosystem. So you have broader attention uh, on the scale to say so. So then what response capabilities are needed by energy sector companies? Maybe give you some examples. First of all, know your gaps and know what you don't know. So from a chief information security perspective, you have to have a very clear view of which assets you have to defend and what is the impact of not having them under control. So you really have to know what's under your responsibility. Second, maybe to raise, it's very essential to have a clear incident response playbooks. Uh, for all cases, you want to be prepared. So if the lights do go out, you have to be prepared. And you, in, in worst case to say, so you have to train uh, for these shutdowns. Yeah, you really have to exercise those plans and playbooks before it is happening in a crisis. There are also external partners can help with assessments, can help with trainings. But most important is verify and validate 
your plans. So you have to train as you fight and fight as you train as a response capability. Third, um, it's coming then to a business continuity management overall. So it's not only the security incident you might have, a security incident might be pulled into a much broader, a complex digital incident for your company and might cause a crisis. So also from a crisis management perspective, test, test, test for your different locations, for your digital infrastructure, etc. And uh, yeah, crisis can also be regarded as an opportunity. Maybe that's the last point from a response perspective. So take, for example, the log4j vulnerability uh, one and a half years ago. Um, that was also a crisis from a, from a vulnerability perspective. Nevertheless, it was also an opportunity to test all your processes to, to patch fast. And I think a lot of companies uh, grabbed this opportunity and used this as a showcase. We've got a situation that's continually evolving, so presumably innovation is, is important. And what, what role can innovation play? Innovation can play a very important role uh, from my perspective on, on, on different um, different levels or facets uh, from a workforce and talent perspective, but also uh, innovation in cybersecurity is a very important key success factor for the future of our product. So I'm pretty sure that we will not be able to sell any solutions without cybersecurity in the future due to the facts we talked already about, due to the uh, threat landscape, due to the attention it's getting, due to the authorities which are around us. Um, but from our perspective, we started already years ago to looking at innovation in cybersecurity from what, what are our business needs to say so, and also what the constantly evolving threat landscape is pushing in our direction. So we have a Siemens Energy Cyber Lab, as we call it, the Cyber Lab Support Up that connects our employees and our engineers globally on our cybersecurity innovation process. It's a collaboration platform where we connect also customers, universities, ideators, maybe also investment committees from, a, from an internal perspective in the business as well as management. And examples uh, for this are, in, for example, so joint research opportunities in that field. Um, for example, we have one with the Norwegian University of Science and Technology, or also looking for startups as we do it with a startup nation in Tel Aviv. And that's driving a, a think tank and innovation thinking also in the organization to be much faster in, in reactions to the features and needs we see from a customer perspective. So overall, it's I think it's a win-win situation for the company, for the customers and for the employees. What then about collaborations across national and or corporate borders? Yeah, a very important question. Cyber is not stopping at a geographical boundary. So cyber criminals are globally, um, um, we as well. So that's why collaboration and knowledge sharing is key in cybersecurity uh, uh, on, a, on a communication level, as well as on a technology uh, sharing level. I personally think we need more collaboration between individual companies, uh, including so in the energy industry, sharing information, for example, or uh, sharing information on vulnerabilities or threats, which we identified. So there can never be enough on that because we are defending ecosystems um, when a big company is hit maybe uh, the 
likelihood is high that other companies will be hit as well. At Siemens Energy, we work together with our customers, with authorities, with universities to form a cybersecurity ecosystem. And uh, I know a lot of comparable ecosystems, especially from the financial sector, which worked and are still working quite well. Could you perhaps talk a, a little bit about the key elements and architecture of cybersecurity capabilities? Yeah, generally speaking, uh, cybersecurity needs to be anchored strategically in every organization, uh, starting from the board level and then uh, spreading the word down uh, to each and every employee. It needs to cover all digital processes in the company, from business IT and the server infrastructure to data, security to finance processes to manufacturing services. And um, the main business areas who are developing or which are developing products and solutions. So, as you see, in that way, cybersecurity, in my thinking, is comparable to the question of product safety and security 30, 40 years ago. So, physical safety and quality management have been integral elements since then in the product lifecycle management processes. And with cybersecurity, we have to reach the same level of understanding. So it has to be anchored intrinsically in the whole organization. It's everyone's responsibility and every process responsibility. From a central perspective, you need specialists to drive this. So you still need clearly defined core defense department to defense a company who has all the knowledge to act uh, automated to defend all assets. Um, and you also need a group of always challenges chal or challenging the organization and uh, doing assessments with the organization if the maturity level and the hygiene on cybersecurity is still there. So you have a central part with all the experts and you have a decentralized culture and you have to train your people on this culture and what they can do on individual levels. Hopefully, cybersecurity becomes a mainstream cultural element in 10 years from now. How important then is regulation as, as distinct from individual responsibility, if you like? Um, I would say regulation, uh, comparable industry standards and universal or global certifications are equally important for cybersecurity. Um, that's the only way to prove the robustness of our products and the principles and, and the robustness of our capabilities as a company. But, uh, at Siemens Energy, we don't rely on our own standards, for example. We proceed on this basis um, of um, generally acknowledged industry standards. So, for example, we use IEC 62443 as a maturity standard. And in the US, for example, we, we have NERC-SIP and NIST standard um, discussions and implementation. So that can switch from region to region, as you hear already. But of course, from our point of view, we choose universal or globally used standard to push forward on this standard that everybody has comparable hygiene guardrails to say so. From a regulatory perspective, you have to take into account uh, that 80% of the countries where we are active, uh, either as a supplier or with a location, might have different uh, regulatory standards out as at this point in time. So that's a, a huge effort on our side uh, to bring this together in an aligned process. And once again, we are back with 
centrally and globally acknowledged standards like IEC, for example, or also ISO 7, uh, 27001. That helps us to give every regulator the same answer, maybe. What, what then would be your recommendations for energy sector players? When it comes to cybersecurity, as I said already, it's vital to work together in many areas. So it's not a competition, uh, I would say, to defend companies. Um, it might be a competition uh, which is a better uh, secured product. But from a defense perspective, we really have to work together and we are together in this. So we need to make more efforts on this, on this regardless um, of the competition. That's the reason why we uh, try to cultivate a lot of different communities. So we foster collaboration across company barriers, but also with uh, governmental authorities or with smaller and medium companies to help them to get uh, a better maturities, a maturity in, in, in this area. Overall, I always like to go for standardization, 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 that we all have the same understanding uh, what's needed to when we are facing attacks or when we are facing threat landscapes in that way. And that will be much more important in the future, looking at the more and more geopolitical asymmetry, which is uh, showing up on the horizon. So. We try to defend societies with by working together, and that's a, a very important purpose also for the colleagues uh, I know in the cyber ecosystem. And just looking ahead, what is your perspective on the cybersecurity landscape in the years ahead? <laughs> yeah, that's also a very good one. Um, maybe a business model if I would know the concrete answer, but um, let me highlight three different things in this outlook. First, it's, uh, as I said, end-to-end -end security uh, in all processes and the innovation behind. So trend uh, shows uh, in all different business models around the globe that digitalization will continue. So, for example, if we look at quantum technologies or artificial intelligence, everywhere is cyber in. And um, I think it's clear that we need to come to a, a state of acceptance of ongoing cyber risks and focus on uh, bolstering resilience and giving the company our capacity for these kind of resilience and recovery in, in case something is happening. Second, um, very important topic, the concept of digital trust. So we need to become an enabler for a digital trusted future. And cybersecurity has a key role to play here. We help to make trustworthy decisions regarding the development or deployment of new technologies and, and digital services. That's it. So we are at the core, maybe, uh, of, of future business models. And thirdly, one very important outlook, uh, we need to strengthen our human-centric focus. So we can do a lot with technology. We have to focus more on people. So we could also call it the people or even diversity aspect. So it's not only about training our people as we had it already in this discussion. Uh, it's really to <clears throat> me, um, it's very important to, to look at diversity in the means of empower our employees to contribute to security by making right decisions 
as well as by bringing their diverse knowledge to a proper cybersecurity um, process organization to really use the talent we have internally and really use the different views we have it at a cyber problem itself so that that's that's not only the profession of IT security people or so that's a that's a passion and profession of a huge landscape of different skills of training specialists of legal colleagues uh, of uh, colleagues who did maybe engineering before and know the business quite well and we need them to bring our aspects to the business and 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 so go go forward on this and every company has a huge talent resource pool in that way and just to add to that do you have any thoughts about the sort of particular threats that might evolve yeah, that's also a good one. Um, we see evolving for sure more and more and uh, the ransomware uh, landscape on that. So every day there is a new group out, every day there are new threats out, new target vectors. Um, I think this is here to stay. It depends a little bit on the business model um, to go forward on what can be different threats. So when you are depending on 100% internet-based uh, B2B representation, there are also uh, distributed denial of service attacks, which are used uh, around the globe for years. But uh, nevertheless, also to add additionally, these uh, connectivity of our digital ecosystems bringing more and more blurry lines also in our B2B and B2C communications. And when you now put this missing fact of knowing maybe my business partner in the future and these social engineering topics in, so look at AI, what can be done as of today with uh, being copied as a clone to say so, that's for sure one thread we, we need again our human-centric focus to defend those kind of threats. So somebody giving you a call which uh, or who isn't a, a real uh, colleague anymore. Yeah. As of today, we have a mimicking in, in social engineering tactics. In the future, this will be done maybe by a technology, not by human attackers anymore. And that's a third aspect where we have to train our business how to react on this. Judith, thank you very much for talking to us about this interesting topic and we, we'll be following it with great interest as it evolves. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me and for talking about this uh, awesome topic. Thank you for listening to this Energy Transitions podcast brought to you by Enlit and Friends. Visit enlit.world for more episodes. See you next time.